Welcome everybody to Marketing Management and Money. I'm your host, Ethan Meliori. And I'm your host, Ryan Murray. Uh, today we want to kick off, we're going to talk a little bit more about marketing. We haven't done a marketing segment for a while. And so we thought uh, we'd do that one because it's always something that's on the back of our mind as we're always trying to grow our business and be more effective in getting our message out. And so I thought today maybe we'd explore a little bit more about this hot topic called content marketing. Oh, you're going to make me do content marketing. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> so um, anyways, the, the big question I'm going to bring up is why, why, why content marketing? What's important about it? And so let's give some basis about maybe why we're going to start the conversation on content marketing and and, and why we're going to go down that road. Uh, and for, the, for me, content marketing is all about this. Too often I work with people who are trying to tell people what they should buy instead of listening to what the customer needs. So they don't really understand their content uh, or they don't put out the appropriate content, I should say, as they go down that road because they're too busy trying to force feed us instead of understanding what really is important. I, you know, I appreciate that you already started off with that because one of the things that I was going to talk about is content marketing has become such a buzzword that is, it's almost empty. Everyone's like, oh yeah, I'm a content marketer. I'm like, what does that mean? Does that mean that you just generate a bunch of stuff? Because, you know, there was this idea and, and there was a period of time where this, this made sense that by just generating content that you had an advantage of, you know, Google wanted to find you in search results. Uh, you know, your blog was more popular. Your podcast was more popular because at the onset, there was actually a lack of content uh, on the internet. And, and then that space started filling in with the mainstream, you know, topics, but there were still enough side niche topics. Fast forward to today, the content is already out there. I, I'm, I don't know if there's anything that you could think of that there's not going to be someone who's written an article or done a show on it or something like that. And so I think just putting content out there is garbage. But how do we get into quality content, which is what, what I wanted to start with, but I prefer how you even said, you know, it's not even quality content because that just assumes that I'm going to, you know, put forth a good show. No, 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 no. This is customer content. Like, what does the customer want? What do they care about? Why are they going to grab your content over someone else's? Yeah. And that's, and that's my frustration with content marketing is that people are just creating stuff and it's rubbish. It doesn't take you anywhere. Rubbish. <laughs> um, there's a long story behind that one. But, you know, and, I, and I'm going to cite a, a study that was done by Adobe, and they looked at a couple different factors with content, which was fascinating to me as they were looking at it. And they looked at things like, hey, does the content have good information? All the way down to, is the content beautiful? And, and here's what was fascinating about the study as they go through it is that uh, depending on, and we know this one, okay, this is not a, well, for you and I, we know this one, this is a no brainer because <laughs> we deal with this all the time is that um, depending on the generation depends on what they want to see. So yeah. baby boomers, they want correct, accurate content information. It's all about the accuracy and the relevancy of it. On the other hand, the younger, the generation, they care about how pretty it is. Or how accessible it is. Uh, yeah. So I am so not into TikTok, but it, 
it's a massive platform. You can't ignore it. Well, I mean, depending on your business, it might have your target audience. It might not. But, you know, the idea behind TikTok is that no one has a reasonable attention span. And so you're, you're catering to short attention spans is, is how they've set it up, which kind of blows my mind because I find that offensive. If someone is going to treat me like I have a short attention span, I find that offensive. I'm like, give me, give me the, the, you know, the information, which now makes me sound old. Uh, you're, you're knocking on the door. You're maybe not there, but you're knocking on the door. So, you know, that, that survey or that study that it did was completely fascinating to me as they looked at the different categories and understood it by the generation, because it just quantified what we already know. And that is that our content has to be geared towards the persona of the buyer. And if you don't do that, you're in trouble. So I'm going to ask you this question. How do you get there? Because that to me seems like the first hurdle that a lot of businesses have. And, and I'm going to preface it with this. There's a lot of bad assumptions that are made. People are like, oh, I know my customer. And I'm like, mm, do you know your customer? How do you know your customer? And, you know, I've, I've worked with businesses that have been around for decades and they still don't really know their customer. They can tell you people who buy from them, but they don't know their customer and they don't know why their customer likes their products and services over someone else's. So, so how do you get there? A lot of times I tell people to, you know, I, there's a, uh, and I probably need to cite the source on this one, but um, so remind me, we'll put it out in one of our episodes to make sure we cite the source because it is important. I want to make sure credit's given to where it belongs. Okay. Um, but if you, if you Google it, there's things that are called like empathy charts or, um, but they're tied to marketing, which is super interesting, but they use the word empathy, meaning do I really understand what my buyer is facing? Do I understand what their mm. pain is? Do I understand what they're trying to gain? Do I understand what they're actually seeing and hearing um, when we do that? So it's interesting. A lot of times we talk about demographics, which is important. And I'm not trying to take anything away from demographics because they play a key part in here. Right. But too often we forget about uh, the social and emotional piece of content marketing, which is ultimately why pet commercials are always and TikTok, you know, pet, anything with pets is always high because it, it plays to that emotional soft side of us. Does it make sense? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they always do well. So, um, but it was a, it was a fascinating uh, experiment that they did when talking about looking at the word empathy in relationship to our buyers. Yeah. I, I, I really like um, that thought process and, and what, um, where immediately I went is to all the boring businesses that I've, that I've worked with over the years. And what I mean by boring businesses is you have a lot of businesses that, you know, they do trendy stuff, they do fun stuff. I like to, and I'm going to give them a shout out right now because they are a cool company um, down in Southern Utah. Uh, I believe they're out of Cedar city. There is a company called outdoor vitals and watching their YouTube videos is awesome because the guy will do stuff like one of the videos that I watched, he took a sleeping bag, put it in the river and then pulled it out and slept in it that night. 
because he was trying to show how waterproof their down was inside of their sleeping bag. And, and I mean, it sucked me in because like, wow, this is really cool content. And, and so, you know, if, if you have an exciting business, then it, it's easier to produce content. But if you have a boring business, you know, if you are a CPA firm, what, what are you gonna, what are you going to put out there? You know, it'd be like, Hey, let's show you all the people who failed an audit and how much pain they went through. I mean, that would make for interesting content, but it's not ethically appropriate, you know? And so as, as you're talking about this empathy, I look at it and I say, well, don't focus all of your content necessarily on, you know, the flashy, but you could look at using that CPA example, look at, you know, empathizing. What are the pain points of someone who is debating as to whether or not to hire your firm to oversee their books? You know, at what point did they get there? At what point did they decide that, uh, you know, an on, online software is just not sufficient for them anymore? Now they need to actually hire a team of human beings to, to manage this. And if you can't empathize with that, then it's really hard to produce, you know, some content that is going to reach out to them that you can market to them to, to make it make sense. And so, you know, I think of these boring businesses and I'm like, yeah, there's still this way that you can connect to the customer because if they're buying from you, they have a pain point, they have a problem. If you can solve it, you can market it. And, and on that same note, just one Warning, too often individualized uh, individuals that I have worked with, they have done, this is such a frustration to me. If I can solve it for myself, it's going to solve it for a million other people. Oh, yeah. That is completely <laughs> incorrect. Okay. Your problems a lot of times are your problems. And don't assume that just because you have that problem, it's a problem for a lot of other people. And that's where um, asking the right questions to potential customers who you perceive have the same pain as you do to see where they, they buy off. And if they're not giving you, if they're not, if they don't get as excited as you do about your idea, um, that's a key indicator to say that I need to rethink this one because, uh, you know, don't ever, don't ever confuse, you know, kindness and respect because there are two different things. And a lot of people <laughs> will be respectful. Um, and, and so sometimes it makes it hard to read. The, all right, are they excited because they're just being kind or respectful versus are, are they really, because they, they have that same excitement I have because it will solve a problem for them. Yeah. Um, so to your point, you know, as, you, as we understand that pain point, we need to validate that it's actually accurate and do it. Now, another thing about content marketing, I don't think a lot of people actually spend any time thinking about because they're too stuck on the whole internet, Facebook, um, Instagram type stuff is that when it comes to the content, we need to be thinking about the format or the devices that we want to put that content on, because that makes a huge difference in the experience of the user when they're accessing that content. Now, okay, I, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, and I'm, I'm going to challenge this one first. Uh, well, no, I'm going to challenge it in the way that I'm going to say, is this really where we should be going at this step? And, and this is where my thought is coming from. A lot of times when I've worked with businesses, I feel like they don't have enough, uh, like there's a certain uh, volume of, of, you know, of content that you have to have before you can optimize anything. Uh, you know, if you've 
only ever posted three times online or, you know, you've only, the last article you wrote was a year and a half ago. Does it really matter that you're formatting for the right, you know, for the right application? And so, and this is a little bit of a chicken and an egg scenario where if I'm trying to optimize for a platform, then I've also got to, you know, I've got to have enough content to optimize that, but I need to make sure that I'm, you know, targeting the right audience before I generate a whole bunch of content, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I just kind of want to, I want to challenge this idea and, and may, maybe I'm not even challenging an idea. Maybe I'm just interjecting some thoughts here, but shouldn't there be a, a certain, you know, uh, level of mass, the, you know, critical mass that you've got to hit with content before you uh, get too carried away as to what platform that's going to, that's going to fit on or, or not fit on. There's some experimentation that goes on, I, you know, kind of pull that in if you don't mind. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with your premise that um, there is going to be some trial and error and we want to understand because uh, the more content you create that you're going to work out those glitches beforehand um, as you go through that process. But at the same time, if we've done a little bit of homework on the front end and we know who our target market is, and when I say no, I, I know them by uh, many, many factors. Uh, and sometimes in the marketing world, we say we put a name on them. Yeah. We, we literally, we put a name on them so they become realistic to us. Mm-hmm. If I know that, so I, um, and I can put it down to uh, John Doe um, and Jane Doe who live in XYZ, city and this is their occupations and uh, these are the things that they hate because of uh, when the weekends come because of other factors that they're trying to solve to get through this problem this is what they need Um, then I know in the beginning kind of the pathway that I need to go to get content to them and where they're actually seeking the content you know Chris Chris Gibbons always talks about watering holes where are the watering holes where are they going to get their information Um, and if we and if we start to understand that concept is where are they actually going to get their information, uh, it helps us make sure that we're headed in the right path when we start to develop the content and where we want to locate it. Okay, so I'm satisfied with that to just understand that if you're doing your research on the front end, and I guess I'm looking at it through the lens of saying either you've got the research or you're doing trial and error to get the primary research, you're having to figure mm-hmm. it out. Uh, but either way, then that's how you're getting kind of that, uh, you know, critical mass, as, as I'm calling it, is, is through research, whether it's secondary or primary. So I'm okay with that. I'll let, I'll let you jump back <laughs> on to uh, opt- optimizing for platforms. So once we know a lot of those factors, then in the content, I always go back to and I say, okay, now let's, let's talk about the good and the bad of content. Because... Um, we can put a lot of content out there, but I mean, a major food pod that a lot of people mistake is that a, if, if I'm not proofreading some of my content for grammar and spelling errors, then all of a sudden I start reading something and I see a few errors in the content of whomever I'm looking at information about it. I start to lose faith that they know what they're doing or there's some credibility that's lost as well. So I think too often that we forget about um, those little things that people see all the time when it comes to the content that we're putting out, yeah. the, uh, the errors per se, that now cause us as a problem, as a company, putting that information out problems because we're discrediting ourselves by inaccurate information 
a few spelling errors, um, uh, potentially, you know, a, a, a video that's glitchy, maybe mm-hmm. um, uh, colors that aren't optimized on the screen or well, like uh, I just went to a website, um, which was super frustrating. Um, I, I received an email uh, from a from a newsletter that's pretty recent that I was excited to learn a little bit more about this organization, what they were doing. But the problem is, is now when it came, the email came through to my screen, it wasn't optimized right. So I only got about half the email and I have to scroll back and forth. And, you know, so I decide I to see happens. all the content and I'm wow. like, that's a major food paw that just, I'm just like, ah, how do you, you need to fix this and you need to fix this fast mm-hmm. um, because content wise, it was great, but the formatting that they had done was bad. And I think, I don't think that a lot of people are thinking about those things. They're so excited that our first couple of newsletters and we're getting information out there, we're getting a following, but you have to understand that all of a sudden I'm starting to lose interest because I can't see your email and the content that I want to see very easily. So can, can I uh, just point yeah. out yeah. Uh, some irony here? <laughs> uh, sure. It's faux pas, not faux pas. <laughs> you're sitting here talking about the little things, and I'm like, oh, it drives me crazy every time he says faux pas. I'm like, it's not Oriental, it's, it's French. It's, it's tomato, tomato. No, 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 no. That's true. You you know French fairly well, so I I can't argue with you because I know that you're more well versed in that language than I am, and yeah, but, you but, know, but. So the French have never done anything good. Oh, <laughs> episode over. We're done. <laughs> Actually, they have amazing fashion. Uh, I don't know that you I'm know, a fan of the food, but we, we oh, their food's amazing. Uh, Ita- Italian food's always better, but we're oh, going to digress. We, we already did digress, but, and they, they did help us win the revolutionary war. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Kind of important that they help founded our country, but whatever, you know, that's let's true. Just, they've given us some pretty good gifts. A couple things. Okay. You know, you've, Liberty, you've changed me. You've uh, changed yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I've been corrected. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, and, and there's this balance between, and I'm jumping back to content marketing, the actual episode here. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> there's this balance between making sure that that we're doing things correctly, but there's also a, a level of speed, you know, not not analysis paralysis, uh, you know, not getting caught up in that and, and making sure that we're moving forward. I've seen a lot of people that they'll they'll pull stuff out on their phone and they'll just do a quick recording and it might not be perfect. It might, might not be edited. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And so just to kind of clarify to your point, I don't think what you're saying is that everything has to be perfect and to get sucked into this level of, of perfectionism that is just going to be detrimental to your business, but rather to say, okay, have we created a customer experience? Are the things that, that we're maybe you know brushing over, does our customer care about that? or not care about that you know how Correct. how important is that you know to the to the customer experience and uh, and and so yeah when when you're generating content uh, make sure that you've got a level of efficiency behind it that because uh, this is one of the things that i see that happens a lot is businesses they they start to take on these unrealistic uh, this unrealistic pace of production when they're getting into into content and it's very difficult uh, to keep it up you know and and I, I look at this I I used to run marathons and you know pacing was a big deal because you got twenty six point two miles that you're you're going to end up running 
And if you start out too fast, you don't notice it at mile one, two, or three, but by right. mile 17, you're spent because you went too fast right at the beginning. And so, you know, th this idea of pacing yourself and saying, okay, how much content can I produce? And one of the things that I've always you know, recommended to businesses is grab a level of production that you are 100% certain you can do, even if it's very weak, grab a level of production that you can do because you're, you're going to be better being consistent than to be spotty. And so, you know, if it's hard for you to put marketing materials out there weekly, then go for every other week, go for every third week. I'm, I know there's no catchy thing like bi-weekly or bi-monthly to, you know, catch every third week, but you can still do it and, and pick a pace that makes sense for you, that makes sense for your business. You might have to stretch a little bit, but there's a difference between stretching a little bit and you know, outpacing your own capabilities and, and setting yourself up for failure where in six months you're no longer doing that, that marketing initiative. Because in marketing, things take time. They move slowly. Even in this, you know, social media world that we have where we think instant gratification on everything, things still take a long time. A solid campaign, six months, a year, two years, you know, I mean, that's what you really are thinking when, when you're starting to put this content out there is to say, okay, can I keep doing this for at least six months? Because if the answer is no, then I should probably rethink this before I really start jumping in and, and just putting whatever out there. So just to kind of wrap a few things up as we're tying up, um, just a reminder that the basic principle of marketing that you can't get away from content or otherwise is that uh, time needs to be spent understanding the personas of your buyer. You, you have to know that in order to have good, accurate content that is relevant for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause if it's not, they're going to bounce way too fast and we're trying to avoid the bouncing. Once we do that, then making sure that our, we're focusing on the content that does show that we have a relevant product that is solving that, um, emotional piece, because that, that tends to be stronger for most people. If you're solving that emotional pain, that, that pain point in their life, they tend to, uh, invest sooner than later. Um, so keep about, keep that in mind. And then lastly, then as you go down that road, uh, and I think you're, you're right on the idea that maybe we don't have to have exactly know what kind of devices we're going to use it on. However, uh, be thinking about that because eventually we need to make sure that it's going out on platforms that our buyers are using. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that's a great, great summary. I, I guess the only thing that I'm going to add to it is to just recognize that content marketing is big. You know, I mean, there are people that that's their job. They're a content marketer. Like that's right. what they do. And so just like with anything, I, I wouldn't, uh, automatically assume that, Hey, you know what? I'm now an accountant. Why are you an accountant? Uh, because I needed to just turn in some receipts. Like that doesn't like, if you need to take it big outsource it, you know, find someone who does this. If you're just getting into it, you know, go ahead and do it, but don't underestimate that the people that are really doing this well, they're, they're really doing this. They spend the time. They're putting the effort in. They're they're doing the customer persona on the front end. They're not jumping, you know, in too quickly, um, you know. And so, so yeah, it's uh, it's a fun topic. Uh, a lot more that we that that uh, could be said on this, but uh, I think I think we're good to just wrap it up there. Does that that work okay? 
Sounds sounds great. So thanks again, everyone, for joining us uh, again today for another episode of uh, Marketing, Management, and Money. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today. Take care. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search Marketing, Management, and Money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions. 